0: Welcome to the Future Champions Podcast for this special episode, The Gospel According to Chris Latham. In this episode, I sit down with former Australian Wallaby and Queensland Reds legend Chris Latham, where he talks about what it really takes to chase the dream of being a professional athlete. He shares what he did well and what he could have improved. Chris also gives an insight into his plans as head coach in Utah, USA and his desire to one day return to Ballymore and coach the Queensland Reds. Anyone who doubts that he will achieve this goal doesn't know Chris Latham. Australia
1: coming away with a line-out ball. Larkham, Mortlock and Latham.
0: Straight through Chris Latham, his 31st test try. So Chris, we are talking about youth development in sport and I'm interested to know when, at what age you started playing sport. And at what age you felt as though you could make a career out of it?
1: Well, I started playing sport uh, as early as I could probably remember. Uh, I was obviously a very sporting kid. I'd play just about every sport uh, that was possible. And even that, when it wasn't possible, I'd even try to make it possible. So again, um, when did I think I could make a career out of sport? that wouldn't have been until I was twenty, twenty two, twenty three. 22, 23. I think even when I made uh, New South Wales under-21s and Australian 21s for rugby, um, I still wasn't looking at sport as a career or as a job. I was completely looking at sport as uh, like I did at school. It was just for fun. It was my release, it was my way of being me and, and competing, I guess. So uh, it wasn't until later, um, well, early in my 20s that I, I thought when I first got my contract for New South Wales and was really introduced to what it was to be a professional athlete, what, it, what was required, not only on the field, but more importantly off the field, both physically and mentally what was required and um, I think if it was, if me 25, 24 years ago came into the sport now knowing as little as what I did, I don't think the sport would uh, would allow me to catch up. I think the sport would just move on and leave me behind because it, there was a lot of stuff that I came in very raw and um, and not really understanding and it took me a while to catch up. So what do you mean by it took you a while to catch up? Well, first of all, from a diet point of view, I had a shocking diet. Um, I was uh, completely overweight when it comes to uh, body fat percent, uh, weight percentage uh, and muscle. I was very low in muscle but very high in fat. So my, all of my weight and, and, and physically I wasn't in shape and good enough shape to be able to withstand the day, day in, day out, uh, training regimes and what was required. Plus being able to take the consistent, um, batterings that you do, not only in contact, but not in physical contact, body on body, but also the contact in the jarring of, of running and and things like that as well. Plus then the recovery, uh, required after sessions, uh, to be able to then back it up to the next day. So again, those kind of things I'd never even
0: thought of. I'd never even planned of, never thought was even a thing. So are you just saying that uh, that rugby union has changed as well?
1: Oh, immensely. Um, I think it's changed probably two or three times even when I was in, the, in rugby. So we went from a... We went from a... Uh, a philosophy of when it comes to physical attributes we came it was a philosophy of uh, being bigger is better so it didn't really matter too much about how quick you were or how fit you were as long as you were just big so and again when it comes to big it wasn't about being a muscle big it was just being about a kilo big how big you could get kilo wise so my early days of test match footy, I was roughly weighing in at around that hundred and six, hundred and eight kilos. And that was good uh, back then. And it was just as long as my skin folds were lower than my weight, then that was acceptable. And then all of a sudden, uh, it became, now we need you to be big, but we also need you to run all day and be fast and fit. So then all of a sudden, within probably six months I went down to 100 kilos and it became about um, body fat percentages, how low you could get those, but yet be able to withstand, also then with being able to withstand the the constant battering of your body as well and and handling that. So then you obviously needed more muscle mass because you needed to be strong, you needed to be fast to be able to withstand to get fit enough to be that. Uh, And then all of a sudden it became that you needed to be even bigger and even faster. So then obviously it became about a massive thing on nutrition, a massive thing about recovery, a massive emphasis on uh, lifting heavy but fast. So, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of, I guess, theories or – ideals come through rugby and, and the changes that's required. Um, so it's 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 been an interesting one. Uh, and like I said, it's one that you need to make sure as an athlete you fully understand what's required and what you need to do to be able to withstand and get in front of, and get ahead of the game. And do you think that's changed in all sports? Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I think as an athlete and as, as sporting bodies, everyone's looking to be better and everyone will continue to be looking for that edge or, or to get that uh, point of difference. So preparation is always going to, an athlete's preparation is always going to evolve over time, change to try and get a, in, get ahead of the race. So, um, so yeah, definitely. I, I definitely have seen that in rugby and I definitely think it would be the same in, in most sports,
0: if not all sports and, and I think it'll continue to change over time as well. One of the areas that uh, we, you've talked about to me is uh, motivation. How do you see motivation as being a part of sport? Well, huge. It's probably the biggest, if not the main thing
1: for for a young athlete coming coming into a system or or thinking about going into any system. You quickly need to realise what is your motivation. I don't think... Me personally, I don't think there's uh, ever a wrong or a right motivation. It's It's whatever inspires the individual to make them a better person and a better athlete and inspires them to be better people. And if whatever that motivation is, if that works for them to get to where they need to get to, then more or less people will get to that point because at the end of the day, it's all well and good. look on the tv and see what most people think success is and that is materialistic things but when you really break it down and you get into a system it's all the things that's required to be successful are the things that people don't see and it's the motivation is what will create success and if you don't have the motivation then waking up every day and going to training and doing the things that are required to be successful, it's not easy. And it is very, very difficult. And um, and without those right motivations, then it, you just won't
0: make it. So what was your why? Why did you get up every morning and train? What what motivated you to succeed to the level you did? Yeah, I had quite a few,
1: actually. And, and they changed year to year, week to week, uh, month to month. Um my, my I guess the first one that I can probably comes to the to, to mind first is you know I, I had a young family very early and I wanted to make sure that one I was providing my family with a life that I guess I wanted and that was um, one of being comfortable um, so again I knew that if I worked hard and put my head down and made sure I became successful then, the those type of rewards would be available. so um, that was probably you know an extreme long-term motivational thing to have uh, from you know week to week kind of things you know you always have those things whether you if you weren't making a team or you thought you deserved to be somewhere it was about proving people wrong. it was about wanting to make a point that, i could be what they were telling me i couldn't be and then it was just purely and simply about wanting to make sure that at the end of the day when i've finished either playing rugby or i've left this earth or whatever it is that there's a slim chance that i'll be remembered for something and that drove me to wanting to be the best in the world and that was a massive motivator for me because i guess at the end of the day If I didn't see myself doing something more than what someone else was doing, then I was never going to be the best. So that's what really drove me to doing those extra sessions, doing the little extra things when I knew I was totally exhausted or I was sore and I really didn't feel like it. I quickly thought, well, someone in the world in my position would be doing it. So I better get up and do it.
0: And has your definition of success changed from when you were a young rugby union player uh, to when you started uh, achieving some of those goals? Yeah, definitely.
1: Again, going in as a young person, I thought success was trophies, money, living a life that you, you kind of see on the TV of professional sports people. What uh, success looks like to me now is hard work, sacrifice, Diligence, mental toughness, physical toughness. So, a, a more a lot of along those lines
0: um, is where I see success now. Was there a time that you ever felt as though you weren't going to make it? Was there a time where you felt as though you could give up? Yeah, a lot of times. And I guess that's where
1: where I was lucky. I had a lot of, um, I guess, great support around me. Well, a few people that I could uh confide in and trust with their with their advice, so obviously you know I've, I've had um, family around me my whole with my wife around me my whole career I guess so that was a huge uh, having that stable support there was um, throughout it all was was crucial. And then along the way, you find people and confide in people who you trust in your sport on that level. So there's obviously the emotional part of it, support that you need at home around with family. But then there's also the the, the the support in which whatever sport you're in, you need that type of ability to get feedback and honest feedback on that. And I was very lucky that I had a guy, I probably found him midway through my career when I moved to, um, up here to Queensland in Alec Evans. And he was a very... Um, brutally honest guy, but yet very well knowledge, uh, had great knowledge in the game of rugby, had great knowledge in the skills of of rugby and being able to break those down. And, you know, when things weren't going well or right or I had those feelings of, of failure and wanting to give up, speaking to him uh, certainly was, was was a good opportunity to put me I guess get me to see more uh, of a realistic picture as opposed to a picture that most athletes when they're under pressure see a picture of of panic, of haze, of no no answers, of no, no real direction. And as soon as a professional athlete doesn't see direction, that's where athletes become really unstuck um, because as a professional athlete you're always given – You're always given a a trial you're always given a a a way to go or a way to head if you you walk into any professional organization you have it all set out you wake up at this time you eat breakfast at this time you've got weights at this time you've got field training at this time you've got a meeting at this time and it's all laid out whether or if you're going away somewhere as a team or, or as an individual and you're traveling this is when you've got to be at the airport. This is the travel time. And everything's itemized. It, it, you've always got a direction in where you're heading. And the minute that you become clouded and and a little bit misguided in where you're heading, it becomes very difficult to come out of those situations. So having someone to put you back on the track, make you aware of where you're heading, everything starts to come become a lot, a lot clearer and you start to work towards I guess, what is now another common goal or another goal required to get to where you need to get to.
0: And can you give an example of a specific moment where you felt you'd failed or you hadn't achieved or you'd been rejected and you actually felt like giving up? Is there a moment? So my contract had come up. I can't remember what year it was. I think it was before,
1: I think it was maybe around 2001 or two, and. Australian rugby didn't want to sign me, it was, uh, I was told that they, uh, they didn't see uh, a future in me moving forward, um, but obviously Queensland wanted me to stay, so, and I hadn't obviously became or achieved anything, yeah so Queensland obviously wanted, uh, they wanted me to stay, but Australian rugby didn't want to sign me, so I went overseas uh, to try and find a, a contract to play overseas but yet I hadn't really, well, I hadn't even even started to make a dent in where I wanted to go or what I wanted to achieve. So I got a contract overseas and I could have left and then at the end of the day, just within myself, you know, I was battling with the fact that if I stayed, I have no future, but if I go, then that really means I'm never going to achieve what I wanted to achieve. At that point, I guess, I was at a crossroads of, well, do I give up on my dream of playing for Australia, being a consistent player, being the best in the world, and, um, and doing all the ticking off all the boxes that I wanted to do? Or do I just go overseas and play rugby and it'd be a job and that's it? So I ended up taking a contract with Queensland only to, to play one season. I thought to myself, well, I'll just give it one more crack in super rugby play the super rugby season and if nothing seems to happen after that well it's not meant to be and i'll have to come to grips with that and uh, and come to terms with that and and then move overseas and as it turned out i ended up uh getting super rugby player of the year then australia obviously wanted to sign me and then played for australia that year and got um, Australia, John Eels medal Australian player of the year for that year. So, again, it really taught me that um, no matter what obstacle or what roadblock gets in front of you, if you really are determined to make it and you want to put the effort in, and that was probably the difference. Like, I thought I was on the right track and I was doing enough to be successful, and, and I was on, and then the path that I was taking and the efforts I was putting in was going to get me there quite clearly it wasn't because the effort that that I did put in to make sure that I did succeed far far outweighed what I thought I could possibly do and I learned that I had a probably I had a level that I never knew that ever existed
0: and when you look at young players now do you think many of them may miss out because they don't realize the intensity they have to train and play at oh without a doubt I see players
1: I've seen players as I was when I was playing with so much talent, far more talent than what I ever, ever ever have or will ever have. Far more talent than most players had that were very highly successful but yet not make it because they didn't have the desire or the want to work hard at at it and they they just drop off. And I see young players now coming in thinking, well, if at age 22, 23, I'm not representing Australia or I'm not playing at the highest level, then, 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 you know, I'll just go overseas and make money. Well, at 22, 23, you haven't even learned a quarter of the stuff that you're going to need to be a consistent wallaby, let alone, um, let alone even think like that. So again, yeah. I, I think um, I think it's unrealistic to think that at a teenage year you know what's required to be successful. I think it's great that you want to be successful but I think at those young years you need to be searching on how to be successful, not saying
0: I am successful. Uh, what's your view on where we are at as a nation with mental preparation and what are some of the key things that a young athlete could do to be mentally prepared? Yeah, like you said, I think mental, mental preparation
1: is probably 85% of, of playing professional sport. Yeah, there is the physical side of it all, but if you're not mentally prepared to do what's required and to know how to deal with it, then you're really not going to give as much as what you possibly have to do to be successful, and unfortunately – In today's society, we're in a society that believes that everyone deserves a medal and that sport is something that should be viewed as everyone participating just to have fun. Now, that's great if we want to produce uh, fun-loving athletes that you know, i are happy with mediocrity and, and we're a nation of not wanting to win. But the reality is, especially in Australia, is if you're playing in a competitive professional sport, then as a supporter, you're not satisfied with anything less than the win. Yet growing up, we're saying to our future athletes that it's, it's okay. You're just participating. It's fun and at the end of it all you're all going to walk away with a medal well in real life that's not how it is and and unfortunately when these young athletes come through through that their whole lives and and are being told their whole life that they are great that they are wonderful and they have what it takes to be a professional and they have the skills and they're such a great player and no matter what anyone else says and don't let anyone else tell you any differently but you are good and then all of a sudden they come into a professional arena and they aren't good and they don't have the skills to produce what's required and they don't have the attributes that's needed, dealing with those types of rejections and and home truths are, are, are pretty difficult. Actually, they're very difficult to deal with and um you know there's the old saying that that truth hurts and it does hurt but you've got to take truth as a motive you've got to use that truth as a motivation you can't use it as a negative as a as a criticism and unfortunately with what we're producing today is you know where young athletes are
0: seeing it as criticism not as help how how dangerous do you think it is for a young athlete to look at players around him or her and to compare themselves to them? Yeah, I think every athlete's different. I
1: think there there are general – obviously there are generals within professionalism that, that um, need to be followed. But I think if you start – as an athlete, if you start to look at one or two people and think that's the way you should be, then – you're really going to become unstuck. I think you've got to really start to learn and this is where it comes down to mental preparation and mental um, awareness is you need to know yourself. you need to know what works for you. you need to yes you need to understand the general requirements of what it takes but then you also need to make sure you know yourself. Um, and you know I see it so many times. In young kids today and and society, if you've got this player that is so much better and naturally gifted than anyone else, all of a sudden he goes into a bubble of he's a show-off or he's not playing by the rules or... You know he, he's put in a negative. He, he's seen as a negative sense, and that he needs to come back down to everyone else's level, or else it's not fair. Or he should be in another age group, or he should be in over there and doing this. And as opposed to, well, let's encourage, let's encourage him or her, and everyone around them, to become as good as them. As opposed to, well, let's just grab him and drag him or her down to to everyone else's level. And unfortunately. That's the negative stigma that we have here in 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 our society, I guess, um, because no one wants to see unfairness to anyone else um, if someone's got something more than others. and um, yeah it's, it's a it's a hard one, um, but the reality is, we all, want to, we all want to support the best and the greatest when, they're, when they are there, but we also want to drag them down and criticize them as well and hold them accountable. So uh, we need to make sure that we're developing young athletes that can handle that type of pressure early because so
0: many can't. Intensity as a, as a theme for, for young athletes, intensity in training uh, on a Monday intensity and training on a Wednesday an in intensity at the game. How important is that? Huge. Uh,
1: for me, I'm a true believer, and I say this to uh, the teams that I coach, you play how you train. If you train slow and you train sloppy, you'll play slow and you'll play sloppy. Preparation is everything. Preparation for a game doesn't start the day of the game preparation for a game doesn't start the night before the day before for me if you play on a sunday oh, sorry if you play on a saturday preparation starts directly after you finish playing that game and what i mean by that is if you play on the saturday then saturday night you need to start dissecting the game you need to start what went well what didn't go well what do i need to work on Um, as an individual, and then obviously what you need to work on as a team. Sunday, you need to start the recovery process. Well, Saturday, straight after the game, you need to start the recovery process for you physically. Sunday, again, is about getting that mental preparation of leaving what happened on the weekend, letting that go, and moving forward on the, on, the, on the solutions that you came up with from the game and, and starting to move forward mentally on how you prepare yourself to make sure that you tick all those boxes that you probably need to improve on moving forward. And then obviously ticking all the boxes and starting to do that, what you need to do that uh, from a physical side as well. And then as the week progresses, all those things, are uh, you know, you consistently um checking rechecking refocusing and redoing everything that's required to making sure that when you come to the saturday again that you're ready 100% both physically and mentally ready to go so in the training process when it comes to the intensity of training i guess of late the last 4 5 years 6 years you know intensity's been a massive thing in in how teams prepare themselves and in in that it's by preparing to train at an intensity higher than what you want to play the game. And what that does means that when you're actually playing the game physically and mentally, you've trained all week at a higher level, which then allows you in a game to mentally stay in the game minute by minute, second by second, because the intensity isn't high enough to take over. The anxiety levels isn't higher than what you've already experienced. So your body and mind doesn't go into shutdown mode or into cruise control and just you just you're just playing the game. You're not in front of the moment, you're not in the moment, you're not thinking all the time. And to be successful and to and to win big games, you need to be consistently thinking. You need to be able to adapt and change on the run without it affecting performance. And if you haven't trained to that intensity during the week and the game is a high intensity you don't get that opportunity Uh, and if you look at great teams or great players they always say they seem to move 10 steps or 10 seconds ahead of most players it's not that the game's going any slower for one person than it is to the next player in a physical sense but in a mental sense yeah, the game is moving slower because they're able to react and they're able to think quicker than what the other guy is or what the other athlete
0: is next to them is doing because they've had that experience of training at a higher intensity. And talking about that uh, champion player, when they are on the field, they've trained at a higher level of intensity all week. They come into the game, they're ready to perform and they make a mistake. How does a champion uh, deal with that mistake?
1: Well, again, it's like I said, it's about being in the moment, playing minute by minute, second by second. A champion player will quickly realise the mistakes being made, one, and two, we'll just move on and move to the next second, we'll move to the next play, and just continually to do that and play what's in front. And then after the game, we'll go back, reassess, relook at it, see what can be done better, and make improvements so that doesn't happen again. Whereas the not the not so elite athlete or the greatest will 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 really get themselves down will consistently go back to that moment and kick themselves for not making it whilst again two three four five other moments have also gone and passed some by not by them not even seeing them and then. Also, some that they have seen, and then that just adds into the anxiety, adds into the disappointment, and before long, you know, you're looking at an athlete that's that's caught up in the game as opposed to being in front of the game and, and
0: playing. The the other area you touched on was uh, when you were talking about after playing the game, moving into that recovery phase. How important is it for a a, a young player? Who maybe doesn't have the niggles of an older player uh, to focus on recovery and ensuring that their body is ready for the next game?
1: Yeah, I think from a, as a younger athlete, where you do have the the advantage of of uh, the advantage over an older athlete, where yeah, you you may not get sore after games, you may not. Uh, feel fatigued after games when you're young, but it's also good as a young athlete to start getting, start creating good habits, because, I think young athletes need to define what what is making it, is making it making it and playing five six, let's say if they're playing rugby five or six tests, is is that making it playing one test? Have you made it? or is making it playing 50, 60, 70 and having longevity in a, in a sport where you get the opportunity to become a veteran of the sport and being able to week in, week out, perform at a high level, at the highest level for a very, very long time. Uh, Gus Kuhl cool actually made this comment about a player and I can't remember who the player was, but but someone was asking him a question and they and they said, Oh, but he's played Origin. And Gus Gould said, No, 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 no. He hasn't played Origin. He's only played five Origin he's only been capped five times. That's not playing Origin, that's being involved in Origin. Come back to me when he's played 20 or 30 Origins. Then he's been he's played origin and he is a capped origin player so again it's about defining what has made it and if you really want to make it in a sport as a professional athlete you need to start learning good habits as a young player so it gives you that longevity and it gives you that ability to last year after year game after game season after season what about diet Yeah, diet's huge. I mean, you know, you need to be able to fuel your body. You need to be able to allow your body to, one, recover, but two, not only recover, but you always want it to progress. You know, I think people see, when, especially when you're in season, that you've done the work physically, so you'll be fine. But you need to also understand that, you know, you need your body to not only recover and be fine for the next day, but you also wanna keep it improving and growing throughout the season so you can get bigger, you can get faster, you can get, you know, we all work very hard each week or each day on our skills to make them better. Yet, we think by just doing a recovery session it's just gonna make you better for tomorrow. Um, Or, you know, you, you refuel um, whether it's food or, or, or hydration to get yourself ready for the next day. But we need to start thinking long-term and that is I'm refueling myself now for not only tomorrow but the next day and the next day after that. And then what I put in the day after that, it's going to make me able to you know, go tomorrow and do a good heavy weight lifting session which is going to make me bigger in my muscles and feed the muscles that are required to grow. Um, so again, diet, diet's not only about what it's going to do for me 24 hours later it's it's what it's going to do 48 hours 72 hours and and set me up for the week and then after the week what it's going to do for me for the month and then for the month for the for the season and then for the season for the year as well and how long did
0: it take you to work that out as far as nutrition goes
1: a very long time i don't even i don't even think i've still comprehended the full extent of uh eating well and consistently staying committed to a a healthy, uh, diet. I certainly have, I've made huge changes to what I used to do, but yeah, um, it's probably the one area I wish I spent more time, um, getting to understand and, and more time creating good habits around because, um, bad habits are very hard to break and good habits are obviously very hard to abstain, so um, I wish I spent more time doing that.
0: What would be the advice you would give any athlete that uh, has developed skills as a player and has the motivation and desire to achieve something more than just community sport? For me, it's about making
1: sure that, one, you enjoy what you're doing because if the enjoyment's not there, then the drive's not going to be there, the motivation's not going to be there for when it really does get hard, for when it really is going to be difficult. Um, at 14, you know, we we haven't even really uh, found what disappointment is yet. Like, yeah, you may at 14 have not made a, a school team or you may not have... Uh, made a representative team, but most of those things come down to one person's, one coach or one selector's personal opinion. Really at school at that age, it's really neither here or there. And unfortunately, most of the time, those opinions don't come with much backing behind them. So it's about making sure that, one, you just keep enjoying what you're doing you're having fun with what you're doing, but also, you know, you're always looking for the next, uh, the next way of improving or getting better, or the next way of being able to be successful and win, and continue to push that.
0: You've started coaching, and you've, um, I guess, you've already had international experience as a coach. Can you talk about that? For me, it's it's
1: seeing the game in a different view. And it's probably a view which I wish as a younger player I had an insight of uh, because I think it would have made me a better player. So for me, if I had the opportunity to coach a younger team when I was actually playing, it would help me understand what's how a coach is actually seeing the game and views it and how – The coach is actually emotionally involved from that side of the sport, and I think that in return would help me. Would have helped me as a younger player accept the views and the thoughts of what the coaches was was feeling and and how they were trying to, one relate it back, and two what their expectations were and, and thoughts were. So it's good for me to see it from that side uh the it's interesting to sit back and watch now because I was also always so focused on myself and of of the people around me, but not so much. Now it is purely focused on everyone else and how they prepare themselves and how actually differently everyone prepares themselves. And you know it's quite interesting to see and you and you simply know what's what's going to work and what doesn't, and you can see it through the week either starting to build or starting to crash and um, for me it's it's uh, it's interesting to try and help work out those work for those people that you can that you can see are starting to go downhill try to turn that around uh, and obviously maintain and
0: keep those people that are
1: on the up on the way up and, and preparing well and a
0: 24 year old Chris Latham playing rugby union, uh, for the Reds, what advice would uh, the the today Chris Latham give as a coach to that player? Work harder,
1: because you certainly aren't working anywhere near as hard as what you you probably that you that I know you can. Back then, I thought I was working harder than I possibly thought I ever could, but I was even not even close to it. Have a better diet um, and physically look after your body a lot better than what you were, stretch more, um, you know, do your physio more um, and physically work on your body more than what I used to. Uh, So again, you know, I pretty much could have done everything more than what I was at 24 to what I learned of the, I guess, the capacity of what I could do. When I found out how how hard
0: I could actually push myself, how do you deal with the disappointment of being injured, and how do you deal with looking forward, particularly for those uh, significant injuries? Yeah, injuries. It's hard to really pinpoint what's
1: harder, whether being dropped or or not making a, a team that you had your heart set on making, or dealing with uh, dealing with a um, a serious injury, because obviously. Two totally separate um, roads of travel back to getting to where you wanted to be, but quite two very difficult ones. Um, again, from injury, having a, a very strong network around you helps. Definitely, getting in and getting a um, a plan together on on the road to recovery is is important. So then you have something to focus on. You have a you have a short term goals. Um, midterm goals and obviously the end goal and consistently having someone supporting you along the way in reassuring of where you're at and where you're heading Uh, because again it's very easy like I said before when you when you're playing it's very easy to mentally give yourself a picture of where you think you're at and then there's the picture of reality of where you are actually at. And sometimes as a player, when you're playing, you think you're far better than what you really are and you need that little bit of a reality check. Sometimes you have that picture of you think you're not doing as well as you are and that's holding you back. And the minute you get a little bit of clarity in where you actually are and you and you start to find out you are better than what actually how you're going, your performance can actually go to another level of, of greatness. And it's the same as an injury, you know, you can really get caught up in the heartache of the injury and the pain and, and the, you know, it's hard seeing everyone else out there doing what you really want to do, but you can't do it. And you can really put yourself into it and paint yourself in a really negative corner uh, and you just need someone to reassure you that you're on the right track, you, you're where you should be or where you need to be. Um, but then there's also that fact that you think you're a lot better than what you really are and you, and you need that guiding light to say, hey, you need to pull back or else we're going to overdo it.
0: You're now looking at a new um, stage in your, in your coaching. You've, you've made some decisions for 2020. Can you tell us what they are? Yeah, so again, like a player,
1: as I am as a coach, it's about experience. It's about getting experiences. Uh, It's about growth. And so now as a family, we're just about to move to America and start uh, as a head coach for the first time at the Utah Warriors. So again, this is a great opportunity for me to run a program the way that I feel a program should be run. My thoughts, ideas, um, and ways in which you know I've I've learnt and taken from my previous years as a player, but also the ability to also sit with other coaches and get and bring in what they their thoughts and values and and ideas are, and um, you know bringing them together with mine and and hopefully producing a program that's going to create success and that's you know that's that's very exciting and can you tell us a bit about utah warriors yeah they're only a fair they're a very new team to the competition i think this will be this this is their second year in the competition so they're very new to the professionalism uh they're very new to the to the whole program so again it's um it's a blank canvas and it's something that uh, for that reason I'm very very excited because it's uh it's something that um you know as a as an organization we can sit down and, and create something that hopefully in in years to come we can look back on and say that we were part of we we're part of history we we were part of a legacy that's now very successful and it's and it's now producing top athletes for, for the national team.
0: A lot of people would be surprised that rugby union is played in, in America. How big is it?
1: Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you've only really got to look at their their
0: Sevens program.
1: You know, the US sevens team is now revered as one of the one of the top contenders of, of Sevens rugby now. You know, they're they're winning most um tournaments and if they're not winning them, they're they're in and around the bouts of playing in the finals or, or, or quarters or semis. So um, you know, they've become a real force in that. 15s, you know, each year they, you know, they'll, they'll pull off a, a big scalp from time to time. And, and, um, and they're certainly coming up the ranks in that as well. And again, you've only got to look at the, the, the athletic base of which America can pick from. And when you look at how big uh, NFL is. And the stats, are, I think it's one to 1.2% of their athletes make it into a professional contract. It only shows you how big and how many athletes are, are in that system. So if we can take some of those athletes and actually coach them the skills of rugby,
0: um, you know, in, in, in time they're just gonna be a force to, to reckon with. So as a coach now, you've, uh, you've had experience in Japan You've had experience in Samoa, uh, working with them for the World Cup. You're now going over to the US. Do you see a plan for you uh, in coaching in Australia, particularly the Reds?
1: Yeah, well, my heart is always going to be with the Queensland Reds. And if I could, you know, I, I don't hold any secret. If I could coach the Reds tomorrow, I would. I'd love to. I'd love to have that opportunity. I'd love to have that opportunity to give back to the Reds and to Queensland. Um, you know, the Reds uh, provided me with a, a lot of good, um, you know, they supported me and, and gave me a, some great memories and um, and I thoroughly enjoyed my time as a Queensland Red. And like I said, my heart and soul is with the Reds and I'd do it tomorrow if the opportunity came. But unfortunately, in coaching, it's all about timing and it's all about opportunity and at the moment the timing and the opportunity is not there um so in the meantime you know i've got to be doing things to make sure that if hopefully one day that the timing and the opportunities there i'm i'm ready and raring to go coaching is a lot like an athlete we all want to play professionally we all want to make a professional team and we all want to play for them it's no different from coaching Not all coaches make it, and not all players make make it. It's you've just got to make sure that you're doing all you can to make make sure that you're the best at what you do, and and even then, you may not even get the opportunity. Um, So it's just a matter of doing what you need to do to improve, to keep improving, uh, finding new ways to better yourself, and um, and then hopefully that opportunity will come. And when it does come, you're ready for it. Chris
0: Layton, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I encourage you to jump on our website www.intentsport.com or visit us on Facebook. Any feedback is welcome. Thanks again.